The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're going to be talking today about kicking up your heels after lost love. Now, um, this is somewhat of a stretch, but not really, from the book that we're going to be talking about today with my guest, Carol Brody Fleet. The actual name of the book, the title is Widows Wear Stilettos, A Practical and Emotional Guide for the Young Widow. But as I was reading it, and it's a lot of fun, you know, it's um, Carol brings compassion and laughter to what is often considered a taboo topic. Um, and this book is really goes beyond um, that which would help young widows, and it helps women understand that life doesn't have to end when you lose your lover, whether that's through divorce or death or um, or, <laughs> or just someone you've been going out with for a long time who dumps you. Um, obviously, there are a lot of special things that are here that are particular, um, particularly helpful for young widows or widows of any age, but really you can look at this as um, there's so much in this book that is helpful to women, um, you know, in, in all stages of relationships and all ages, and even to men, because obviously men suffer lost too, you know, in a sense, I mean, maybe it wouldn't be, <laughs> Carol, what would it ha- What would the title have to change to um, <laughs> widowers where, I don't know. <laughs> That's scary, isn't it? <laughs> because, I mean, don't you agree that there is actually a lot that could apply to men too, either widowers or even just men who have lost their loves? Absolutely, Dr. Carol, and I want to jump in and say that we do have uh, several hundred members in our mem- uh, membership that are men uh-huh. that have found that the information is necessary because, you know, they have to deal with the financial and the legal transitions and a, and a lot of the emotions, too. Yes, absolutely. Well, why don't we start with um, your own story because, of course, that's what makes you an authority in this, um, your own journey through this process, and um, your being you know, not content to just sort of suffer through it or stumble through it, but to then find lots of answers and, and to explore this in greater depth. So tell us, first of all, what happened with, to you. Well, uh, I myself was uh, touched by this uh, very sad situation. Um, in 1998, we were living life as a normal family. My husband, Michael, was an award-winning police officer in Southern California, he was coming up on retirement from a stellar career. I had retired from the legal profession 
to uh, make a go of it in the beauty industry. And if you have a look at my picture with the cosmetics on my face, you could see why I would be attracted to that industry. And our daughter at the time was nine years old, and she was very busy being nine. So I was running from this activity to that activity. So we were living life very much like the rest of the world was until September of 1998 when Mike was diagnosed with ALS. Uh, For the listeners who are not familiar with that illness, it's more commonly known as Lou Gehrig's disease. And it is a amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. Correct. And that uh, comes under the umbrella of muscular dystrophy. Most everybody recognizes that term. Um, Sadly, and as the diagnosing doctor put it so delicately to us, it is 100% fatal. There is no treatment. There is no, they don't even know what causes it, really. They're starting to get on top of it, but there is no known cause at this time. And with that diagnosis began the journey of our lives. And in fact... Well, uh, wait, before we, before we go down that journey, sure. um, you know, one of the things that really uh, interested me, because I, I've noticed this, and I'm sure you have too, in, in so many people and with so many... Um, eventual reasons for their death that, I mean, your husband retired, and he was a young, he was 58, right? No, he was 53 when he was diagnosed and 55 when he died. Okay, yes. And so, okay, so 53 when he, when he retired, so he was a young man, relatively. Yes. yes. And um, to, this diagnosis came two weeks after he retired, and you probably, especially now with what you do with, you know, your work in this area and so on, I'm sure you've noticed also that so many people tend to become ill um, or have something happen to them after they, right after they retire. You know, it's, it's odd that you bring that up because uh, Mike and I knew each other for many years before we ever became romantically involved and, and got married. And it kind of became a standing joke where you would see a police officer or firefighters retire after 20, 25, 30 years, and then they would get hit by a car. Mm. Or, and I, it used to be a standing joke back in those days that uh, I wasn't going to allow him to ever retire <laughs> because something terrible would happen. And I had no idea that just you know being silly how prophetic huh. that was. Now, now you know, uh, being a, a medical doctor, that he, he was symptomatic long before they diagnosed him. Yes. Uh, because this is not an easy illness to diagnose. It's not a question of take a blood test and this is what you have. It was one year of ruling out process before he was actually diagnosed. Well, so did that contribute to why he retired at that no. time? No, he had planned to go uh, to go out at 28 years. Uh-huh. He'd had enough. There were other things that he wanted to do, and so that was already in the pipeline mm. uh, when he became. In fact, what we believe triggered the illness was an accident that happened to him while he was preparing to ride mounted duty at one of our local malls during the holiday season. Huh? What and was that? It, it was well. He had he had his horse out on trail to get her acclimated to traffic and loud noises, and she was spooked by a feral dog, and she ran him into a tree. And he was knocked off the, the horse. He was knocked unconscious. But you know how these guys are, Dr. Carroll. They get up and they brush themselves off, and they say, oh, look what happened to me. 
And about a week after that accident, he started having the earliest symptoms of the illness, although at that time we had no idea hmm. that's what it was. Hmm. Wow. And uh, so did some doctors say that that may have had a role in it? You know, it, it was really 50-50. They have just recently announced, and you may have heard this, that there, there is a link, there is a causal connection now between trauma and ALS. And I really felt like shrieking, I told you so, from the top of a roof someplace, because 50% of the doctors that we consulted with, including his neuromuscular specialist, said that they believed there was absolutely a causal connection. And then you have other doctors who said, you know that this is just a coincidence, don't you? Mm -hmm. And now that they've established a connection, um, it, it can only help to get, to get on top of this thing and, and figure out what's going on inside the body that is triggering what has to be one of the most evil illnesses on the face of the planet. Yes. So go ahead. So um, I, Mike, after a valiant battle, he passed away two years after he was diagnosed, and I was left at the age of 40 as a single parent of a then 11-year-old child. I had no sense of direction. I had nobody that I could talk to that could look at me and say, yes, I, I've been there, I know how you feel, because all of my friends were married and having children or raising families, or they were single by choice and dancing on tables someplace. And, and I didn't fit in anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't think I opened the blinds for two weeks. I'm pretty sure I didn't get out of my pajamas. I, I, I did not know what to do, who I was. I was left in financial ruin, and we had insurance. Mm-hmm. I was left in emotional ruin and with, with nowhere to turn at that time. And so, I, I, you know, I could have called the book either This is What Worked for Me or Don't Let This Happen to You because <laughs> a lot of it came through trial and error. And it was several years later when we, my daughter and I had both made what I felt was a good, solid recovery. We'd found our new life, and we were progressing fairly well when I thought, you know, I couldn't have been the only person out there who's been through this there might be a way to help some people. And what really was supposed to be just one book has turned into a movement. And that is one of the greatest things in the world, is to have played a small part in creating a community among millions of women who feel that they're completely by themselves. And, you know, of course, nowadays um, this is becoming more relevant than ever because there are men dying, um, you know, because of all the wars that are going on in the world and, and uh, I mean, besides illness and, and accidents and so on, um, there are so many uh, military widows. That's right. We do. I do have 17-year-old widows, and they, and, you know, the 17 to 19-year-olds are by and large a result of the war. That said, we also have widows into their 80s who just related to not just the book itself or the, the pithy title, uh, which actually came from a moment at my husband's funeral, but... Well, t- wait, wait. <laughs> Don't let that one drop. <laughs> yes, tell us We're about gonna that. We're going to let you slide by with that one. Well, you know, Mike's funeral, because he was, such a, he was a police officer, 
very highly decorated, high-profile police officer. There were almost a 1,000 people there. It was very large, very beautiful, and all the pomp and ceremony that we are sadly accustomed to seeing at funerals like this. And, you know, that whole two years that we were battling his illness, not once did the word widow ever occur to me. I never thought in, in those terms. We were thinking in terms of survival. And as the honor guard was presenting, was preparing the American flag to present to the widow, mm. and the bagpipes are playing Amazing Grace, that was the first time that the word widow occurred to me. And then the very next thought that came into my head, understanding that you're not exactly of your right mind, is I can't possibly be a widow. I wear four-inch heels. <laughs> I drink lemon drop martinis. I scream at the Dallas Cowboys on television, especially lately. Um, I, I listen to disco and heavy metal music, and it, this is not supposed to be me. Yes, and, and you're in the midst of everyone who's essentially uh, giving you that definition right That's there. Right. Well, we need to take a break. This is a good time. My guest is Carol Brody Fleet. Her book is Widows Wear Stilettos, a practical and emotional guide for the young widow. We'll be back with more. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST. 
4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Carol Brody Fleet. Her book is Widows Wear Stilettos, a practical and emotional guide for the young widow. But as we talked about earlier on, um, obviously a lot of things that we're going to continue to talk about uh, apply to men and women and uh, losing love, whether you're married to them or not. Um, uh, <laughs> it's so... You know, it's it's amazing because, and I'm going to want you to tell us about this towards the end, you know, um, you, you mentioned about how this has started you on a course that led to a movement for this, and so we'll talk about that at the end and how people can get in touch with you and so on at, at the end of the show. Right. But um, why don't you take us through some of the highlights of the book and, and the, the experiences that you shared, you know, the, the time frames I think about like being a parent or I love um, what you wrote about uh, meeting other men, you know, what's that like when <laughs> when you lose That's your husband? That's a whole husband other show, or, isn't it? <laughs> what? what did you say? That, that can be a whole other show. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've all been, been down that route. The The reason that the book even came into existence is because all of the things that I'd been looking for at the time that I became a widow, I couldn't find. The, uh, there are some wonderful grief books out there, Dr. Carol. You've probably read a lot of them. But for me, they all seem to focus on grief and coping with grief and dealing with grief and the pain of grief and the stages of grief. Well, I believe that you gravitate toward what you focus on. And if all you focus on is pain and loss and grief, you're going to stay in that place. That wasn't comfortable for me, number one. And secondly, it's, it's great to grieve. I encourage that in a healthy manner, but I still have to get my benefits from the government. And I still have to go to work and raise a child when I can't even help myself. And, and who is that girl in the mirror? Because I don't recognize her. You know, I, you, you quit caring what you look like and what you feel like. And there were questions that I wanted to ask that I was afraid to ask for fear of what people would think. Like what? Um, can I date again? Have I indeed caught my limit? You know, Mike was the, quote, love of my life. It wasn't until years later that I understood that that life ended on December nineteenth, two 2000. And it's okay to have love again in a new life. But... Who do you ask that of without maybe getting a weird look or somebody saying things like, 
you're dancing on your husband's grave, which, by the way, was said to me. These are, these are, these are questions and so much more. Dating, love, intimacy. Can I laugh again? You know, my, I, can I go to a movie? Can I go to a comedy club and enjoy myself? My husband's died. And the problem is, is that years later, so many women are, are feeling that way. Mm-hmm. They're missing out on life. So I decided that since I couldn't find it, I would create it instead. I understand that not everybody would, would agree with the approaches that I've taken to grief recovery. But the good news is, is that so many more people have embraced it. And they are understanding that you can have more than one love of your life. Because that life, uh, sadly, ended when your husband left, or when your beloved, let's say, when, when your, uh, your partner in love left this earth. That life ended. The heart has an infinite capacity to love. But I didn't know that at the time. And I was afraid to ask for fear of what people would think of me. And that is still a flaw that I work on to this day. Well, and didn't really know who to ask. I mean, unless... Uh, obviously, therapists, but even right. even so, um, you know, it's hard to feel that the therapist who hasn't been through this, if it is a therapist who hasn't been through this, um, would really be able to put themselves in your place. And it's so important for you to acknowledge that because I hear that so often is that people who have been through this experience are un- uncomfortable with talking to a, quote, expert who, because the the attitude conscious or otherwise, is how can you tell me how to feel? You haven't been there. And now, that said, I am the first person to say, if you feel that you cannot move forward, if you feel that you want to or are coping in destructive ways, alcohol, unsupervised drug use, uh, compulsive behavior, you must get professional help. Yes, I mean, it's it's kind of the same. I mean, even though it's certainly understandable that people going through this think that way, that, that you know, they think that a, a therapist can't really understand unless they've been there. And <laughs> to be honest, there are some therapists who can't really understand certain life situations, whether they've been there or not. <laughs> um, but, um, right. but on the other hand, you know, really a therapist who is compassionate and has, seen a lot of life and, and has certainly, you know, it is likely has suffered some kind of loss, whether it's a parent, you know, or, or someone else close to them, right. um, they will be able to give you some, at least some ways of you figuring out the answers for yourself, you know, not necessarily telling you what to do. But I think one of the strengths of this, well, first of all, one of the strengths of this book is that it's it's so humorous and it's so <laughs> personal, um, you know, it's it's like it feels like you're right there, you know, with your little, um, oh, little workbook kinds of things mm-hmm. and and uh, your little sayings and things like that. I mean, you put it, you take ownership of it and say that this is the way you think of, of all these different things, from the, from the stiletto file, for example, those right. kinds of, of pieces <laughs> of advice. And um, so one of the benefits is that it really feels as though someone has a companion that they are able to hold next to them and who isn't saying, you know, I, I know everything and this is the way it will be for you because that's how it was for me, but at the same time at least offering some guidance to point the people in the right directions. Well, again, it's, it's a question of this is what worked for me 
and you might want to try it yourself, or, you know, this is how I really loused it up, so I suggest that you don't go down this road. Um, you know, that's especially important when you're talking about children. Uh, you know, parents get really sensitive when somebody else tells them in absolutes how to parent because that, that there, are no, there's, there is no black or white way to, to do that. So you, you do tread carefully. When it came to dating again, you know, this is how I approached my daughter when I was ready to take that very big step in my life. This is what worked for me. Uh, I, I don't believe in, in absolutes because everybody's situation is unique. Do you know that I will never, ever look at a widow or widower or someone who has lost their beloved and say, I know how you feel? Mm-hmm. I will never do that. I'll say, boy, I've been there, or, yeah, I, I get what you're talking about, but I'll never say I know how you feel. Even if I'm talking to a widow who's lost their husband to ALS and he was a police officer, I will never say mm-hmm. I know how you feel. Yes. Because that, first of all, it takes the spotlight off of the person that's talking to you. Now all of a sudden it's about you and your feelings. Yes, yes. It trivializes them. And secondly, my reactions are different. I'm hardwired differently. So you have to recognize that each situation is individual. Right. Depending upon everyone's childhood, you know, they they can have the same set of circumstances and react totally differently. That's exactly right. And, you know, talking about childhood, I noticed that um, in your acknowledgments that your father died less than a year later. He died four months after Mike died. Uh, that was a very tumultuous period of time. Three, I, I'm sorry, uh, ten days prior to Mike's death, uh, my uncle very premeditatedly committed suicide. In fact, my mother and daughter were at his memorial service while Mike lay in ICU for the last time. Three weeks after Mike's death, I was on business in Dallas, Texas, and collapsed. I was flown home and on an operating table 12 hours later, undergoing abdominal surgery number 12. Hmm. I had no sooner recovered from surgery, and you know that's a four- to six-week recovery, Then we got the call that my father had been admitted to the hospital. He was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and he was gone nine weeks later. Wow. I don't remember a lot about that four- to six-month period of time. Yes, yes, wow. It was was very tumultuous. It was very difficult. So you were grieving. You had double grieving going on. Precisely, precisely. And that's what we've come to refer to as pancake tragedy is when you've just got one thing after another after another, and you don't answer the phone and say hello, you answer the phone and say what now. Yes, yes. And, uh, and how, do you, how do you continue to grieve when the grief is piling up? A lot of people think that there's a statute of limitations right. on grief or that you're not permitted to grieve anymore. But I lost a husband and a father. Those lost perspectives are very different. I'm you know, spouse to one, child of another. So that, that, the, the grief has completely different complexions there. Mm-hmm. And I took the entitlement to grieve each separately and just as long and as loudly as I, as I cared to, and I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was very important in trying to, uh, in being able to move on beyond that. And you, you do stress that, how um, there's no, people can't, you know, people want 
you to get over it. Well, it's funny, like you talk about on the one hand people saying that uh, if you're with another man, you're dancing on your husband's grave, but at the same time, um, some people, perhaps other people, think that uh, enough already, <laughs> get over it already, we're tired of... Uh, you know, seeing you sad or having to worry about you. And that would be a great thing to explore when we come back. Okay, and we will come back very shortly with my guest, Carol Brody Fleet. Her book is Widows Wear Stilettos, a practical and emotional guide for the young widow. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your teams. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about kicking up your heels after lost love. My guest is Carol Brody Fleet. Her book is Widows Wear Stilettos. So we were before the break. We were talking about um, 
what were you talking about? Uh, getting over it, yes. Getting you over it. Being told that you should be getting, you should be over it already. Yes, you should be over it by now. The, that's one of the problems. When the, anybody who's bereaved is surrounded by people, most of them are well-meaning. I do want to qualify that. However, you said it at the beginning, Dr. Carroll, this is a, quote, taboo subject. It's a subject that makes everybody uncomfortable, so much so that we're not putting together wills or getting life insurance. Yes. So they want the bereaved to be over it because they are uncomfortable with their grief. So, you know, it's been a year. It's been six months. It's been two years. Get over it already. And the problem is the widow feels like, well, I'm not over it. There's something wrong with me. And she gets confused. She thinks that, that, you know, she's going crazy. And it's up to us to say, you know what, you're fine. Nobody gets to dictate your healing journey to you. We teach how to take ownership of the healing journey, to put that person who has suffered the loss into the driver's seat so she can face these people who are saying, why aren't you over it? Why aren't you dating again? Why haven't you sold the house? Why haven't you cleaned out the closet? Well, you know what? Because I'm making the decisions here, and it's my healing journey. And especially when you're in a vulnerable state, sometimes you need someone to give you permission to say those things. Yes, and, and you know, a lot of times it has to do with these people being uncomfortable with death or even specifically uncomfortable with the death of your husband. That's right. That's exactly right. And that is why it's, it, I know the word empowerment gets used a lot these days, but that's exactly what we're talking about here is helping these uh, people find the courage and the strength to say, this is my, this is my life that I'm living in my house, and I'm trying to find my way through a situation that I didn't sign up for. And you know what? You never get over it. That might be bad news. You will get past the pain. You will. You will get past that horrible grief that seems to permeate every avenue and area of your life. But get over it? I don't want to get over it. I don't want to get over the life that we had and that we built together. I, I did what I set out to do. I moved through the pain to a place of peace. But get over it? No, yeah. I don't think so. Well, well now, um, tell it, talking about getting over it or talking <laughs> about moving on, mm-hmm. um, what about moving on to, to new partners? That is a, uh, it, it's an alternately humorous and hot-button subject. Because uh, one of the most common questions that I get is, when is it okay to? And that can be anything from taking off your wedding rings to selling the house to dating again and falling in love again. And the answer to that is, it's okay to the moment that you decide it's okay to. Um, A lot of women, especially, feel like they are cheating on their late spouses. Uh, This is an alert. You are not cheating. You held up your end of the bargain. I don't care what faith you belong to. The words were till death do us part or words to that effect. You held up your end of the bargain. It's okay to date again, to be intimate again, to find love again, and yes, even to remarry. All of those things are wonderful. In fact, my late husband was so worried that I wouldn't do those things, he went behind my back and talked to my mother and said, make sure 
that she goes out and finds love again. Hmm. He, he, was, he was very concerned about that. And what did your mother do to help you? <laughs> <laughs> Sign you up for Match.com? <laughs> no, no. After he passed away, she totally ratted him out uh, and said that, that he did talk to me about this. But he was concerned. And so many women, and this hurts my heart, so many women have that feeling like, well, that's it for me. I'm done, I was in love, he's gone, and I'm not allowed to love again. And now let's bring in those other people. Let's bring those people back who consider it a betrayal or a, uh, they're, that they're casting aspersions on their, their late beloved's memory. And that's just not the case. And I then, believe that you are honoring a legacy by continuing to live. Yes, and to love and to take to show that he has taught you how to love and, and you want to bring that on, That's continue right. that to someone else. Um, there, you also mentioned there's also the other type of, of woman who, um, as her way of coping with grief, um, goes in the other direction and rushes out to find another man. Oh, yes, plugging holes. That is, it, first of all, it's normal, it's instinctual, nobody likes holes. We don't like them in our teeth, we don't like them in our pantyhose, we don't like them in our lives. And we rush to fill that hole, we rush to fill that void. Unfortunately, you have people making the wrong decisions. And they, they, they're, because you're not thinking clearly, you are just rushing out, and it's not Mr. Right, it's Mr. Right Now. And I get, again, a lot of letters saying I'm engaged and I jump too soon. Mm-hmm. Or I'm in a relationship that I'm unhappy in because I jumped too soon. Or he's not like my late husband. And that, unfortunately, that is a problem. If you feel like you have jumped too soon, it's okay to take a step back. Yes, you know, that was one of the interesting things, too, that I found in your book about how what would happen when you would tell men that you were a widow, if a man would say, are you single or are you married or whatever, they would ask you and you would say you were a widow. <laughs> tell us about that. It, it absolutely shocked me. I really thought that being a widow was a badge of honor. I was married till death do us part. I did not cut, when the go, cut and run when the going got rough. And who would not want to be with someone like that? And the reaction was shocking. I, I turned that into humorous uh, anecdotes, but at the time, I, I couldn't figure it out. I had, I had one man actually physically take two steps backwards from me when I said I was widowed. And really, the first words that came out of my mouth was, I'm, it's not contagious. I, I couldn't help it. I have no edit button. And the, the way that you're treated... Again, there's that discomfort when people lean away from you, when you tell them that you're a widow. Is uh, I, I was absolutely shocked. I didn't know what to do with it. You know, you tell somebody you're divorced, that's okay. Uh, unfortunately, I, I could even use the word acceptable here. But widowed, and especially when you're widowed at a younger age, it was, it was, it was quite a, a, way, a wake-up call for me. Yes, and you did some exploring about that as to why the men had that kind of reaction to sort of distance themselves from you right away. Because, again, we have that stereotype image of widow in our heads. And that stereotype image does not include four-inch heels, martinis, heavy metal music, the Dallas Cowboys. We all think 
of widowhood in terms of someone who is chronologically older, who is retired, who has grandchildren, and tell stories about the good old days. And those good old days are, you know, Depression era. That's the image that we have. So when you meet somebody who is in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, and now, well, now 50, because now 50 is young to me, um, and you tell them that you're widowed, instead of just simply saying, I'm so sorry, you get something like someone backing away from you or, you know, somebody asking silly questions or saying something goofy. And we know that people don't mean to be goofy, but well, let's face it, it happens. Yeah, when they're and feeling anxious they, and they don't know what to say. They don't know what to say, so they say something completely inappropriate. And you get, you also, my experience here again, you get men who they, they automatically feel, they take this on themselves, like they are competing with a ghost. Now, there are women who uh, we have to teach not to hold a yardstick up of what we call what, of the ghost of husband past, because that's not fair. But then you have men. I have never compared anybody to my late husband. It's not fair. It's not right. I would never do that. I don't want to be compared to somebody. You know, I don't want to be compared to Giselle Bunchen. You know, I, I mean, I want to be accepted for who I am, how I am. Well, you know, yes, you talk about that, how, how you know, that's kind of baggage, that men feel that this is baggage and that they're never going to measure up and so on. But, you know, it's, I think also um, it's that these men um, don't want, they, they, they unconsciously, there is something to, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's the vagina dentata, the vagina with teeth, um, <laughs> the idea of women being deadly or frightening, scary. Right. Um, and so there's the idea, again, I'm sure it's, you know, the men weren't consciously thinking of that, but, um, oh, I wonder, <laughs> what did this woman do to kill him? Well, you know, and, is she, exactly. and would she do, could she do the same thing to me? Well, and, you know, when when I had a man look at me, and he was a first date, last date combo, um, and said, and he was the one who asked how Mike died, and I don't go into the whole long, drawn-out story. I said he had Lou Gehrig's disease. And instead of saying, I'm so sorry, he says, wow, that's a lot of baggage. Well, you know what? My husband is not a suitcase. And I don't like the word baggage, mm-hmm. as you probably ascertained in the book. <laughs> and uh, I don't like being pigeonholed and assuming that uh, because I went through this life-altering event that I am carrying baggage. I believe that the word baggage properly defined is an event from which you refuse to let go. Mm-hmm. And there's examples of that, funny examples of that in the book. Other than that, simply because of the fact that I'm a widow and that I experienced this illness with my husband and he passed away, that doesn't mean I'm lugging around a suitcase, except if I'm going to the airport. And, that, and it's unfair to the widowed community or to anybody who's lost their partner because, as you know, Widows Wear Stilettos welcomes anybody who has suffered the loss of a partner. Yes, it's very, uh, it's very insensitive, to say the least. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, and and I'm, you know, I, I I teach and I and I promise those ridiculous people they are out there, but there's wonderful people out there too. Yes. 
Well, when we come back, we'll hear more about this. And also, I want to ask Carol about uh, the movement that she has started. And also, we'll tell you how you can, where you can get the book, how you can find out more about this movement, and so on. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest is Carol Brody Fleet. Her book is Widows Wear Stilettos. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. So stay tuned. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy R every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My show today is Kicking Up Your Heels After Lost Love, and that's exactly what we've been doing with my guest, Carol Brody Fleet, the author of Widows Wear Stilettos. And um, she's going to be telling you in this last segment about the movement that she sort of teased us with at the beginning of the show, what, what her time, what her life is dedicated to now, besides her family, um, as far as this Widows Wear Stilettos movement. So tell us about that and who can get involved and what they would find and all of that. 
Well, like I said, it, we, we, I started out uh, with one book, and that's all it was going to be. One book helps some people go away. And it grew legs and took off because the approach is unique. And we went live with the website uh, four years ago, and then people decided, well, we don't just want to be online. We want to be in person. So in June of this year, we started in-person, peer-led, Widows Rest of Letters support groups. We are currently in 20 states and growing rapidly because people want to create in-person community as well as online community. And then we recently announced the formation of what we call the First Month Foundation. It is a nonprofit foundation that is designed to help the widow community in three primary areas of need. And in support of that, we came out with Widows Wear Stilettos T-shirts and buttons and pins and all kinds of things that can help support the foundation and also feed the community. There's, and there's going to be a second book coming out called I'm Healing, H-E-E-L-I-N-G, <laughs> One Day at a Time. And that book is a compilation of actual letters that we've received among the thousands and thousands of letters that we receive uh, from widows over the years that address every single situation that you could possibly imagine, from the emotional to the financial to the legal, children, remarriage, dating, you name it, it's in there. Wow. That sounds wonderful. And so the the month foundation, first month foundation, is to help widows during get through that first month financially and emotionally. And that's right. That that is one of the key areas that we're focusing on. Is that you know you can't get your hands on any kind of life insurance proceeds, governmental benefits, survivor benefits without a death certificate. And depending on where you live, that can take anywhere from two weeks to two months. And, you know, banks and mortgage companies are sympathetic, but they still want their money. <laughs> but we would like to be able to, you know, pay an electric bill or a child care or just kind of bridge a gap until the widow can get the ball rolling uh, paperwork-wise. The second area that we want to focus on is the cost of grave markers and headstones. Mm-hmm. Most, of, mo- uh, most times that's not included in a funeral cost. And that comes from a personal place of pain because I could not afford the cost of my husband's grave marker for almost a year. Hmm. And that hurt my heart. And we don't want any widowed to have to go through that. And then thirdly, we are staunch supporters of Camp Widow, which is an annual international conference taking place in Southern California every year. Hmm. It's sponsored by the Soaring Spirits Lost Foundation. And we'd like to provide camperships to any widowed who wants to attend that very, very important conference. Oh, wow. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, we're and, very excited about it. And during the break, you were starting to explain to me about how um, everyone is welcome, that it's not just limited to widows and not just limited to young widows. Exactly. Anybody who has experienced the loss of the person that they had committed their life to is welcome. We don't care how old you are. We don't care if you were technically married because the heart doesn't know from paper. Hmm. We welcome boyfriend girlfriend losses, fiance losses. We welcome the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender community. Anybody who has experienced the loss of their beloved is welcome at Widows for Stilettos. We will embrace you. We will educate you. We will support you. We will get you on the road to recovery. Well, that sounds really wonderful. Um, and, of course, give out your website and tell people where they can buy the book. 
Well, the book is available at all major bookstores, all major retailers. Of course, it's available online as well at Amazon.com and all of the online retailers. And to find out about everything else, your best place to start is at widowswearstilettos.com. There's a ton of support, education, information there. And naturally, like the rest of the world, we are also on Facebook at Widows Wear Stilettos, and you'll meet a lot of new friends there as well. Well, I think that that's, uh, it really, it really is a, a, a niche that you have, uh, that you have cultivated and, and, uh, sincerely cultivated from your own experience and your own needs and your own struggles to get through all of this. Um, and really a, a sincere reaching out to people in similar situations that, that is very, very necessary. Um, we, we only have like just a few minutes left. Um, just could you sort of, I know you wanted to say something about reconciling the past with the present, so if you could kind of do that quickly. Absolutely. I'll do it as fast as I can. And this is for everybody, not just the widowed. If you've suffered any kind of loss, it's so important that you recognize that you can honor the past. You can treasure the past. You can and you absolutely should love your past, but you do not have to live in the past because yesterday is a wall. If you keep trying to change your yesterdays, or stay sad or angry or bitter about your past, whatever that past entails, you are just running up against that wall. And when all is said and done, the only thing that will have changed is that you will have lost one more day living a wonderful life, and you'll be sore from running up against the wall. Yes, Tomorrow is a window that's waiting to be opened. Quit waiting to open the window. There's a life out there. It's waiting for you. You don't have to wait for life to happen. Commit to turning your grief into growth. I know it's scary. I have been that person. But remember, the definition of courage isn't don't be afraid. The real definition of courage is being afraid and doing it anyway. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, Carol, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Again, my guest is Carol Brody Fleet. Her book is Widows Wear Stilettos, and the website is widowswearstilettos.com. Check out the website. It's an adorable, <laughs> adorable website. I know thank adorable you. and, and uh, widow doesn't necessarily sound like it should <laughs> go in the same sentence, but it is, and it'll be, it, it really is so much more. You just have to go to see it yourself. And I'd like to thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Um, I want to remind you all that my book has just come out. Uh, a little bit of a, a different different take on, on, on love, um, but one that you need to explore and discover and understand nonetheless, just, just like this. Uh, again, the book is called Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets. It's also in bookstores and retailers and online and offline and, of course, on Amazon. And please go to my website, the book's website, which is called badgirlsbook.com. And you can friend me on uh, askfacebook.com slash askdrcarol. So thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. 
Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.